Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer. We are live from Post 9 at the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has a morning off this morning. Let's take a look at futures. You can see we are set up for what's uh, going to be a lower open, though we seem to be coming back, if yeah, memory serves, from what I saw a little while ago. And Really, who knows, right? I mean, it can all change so quickly. Our roadmap does start with uh, D.C.'s debt showdown. President Biden set to meet with congressional leaders today. Treasury Secretary Yellen saying, quote, we're not a deadbeat country. Plus, we continue to keep an eye on the regional banks. The volatility, well, it seems to be back when it comes to their stock prices. Chicago's Fed president saying the credit squeeze has already begun. And check out shares of Palantir. They are surging. This is the company says interest in its new AI platform is, quote, unlike anything we have seen. We'll talk about that uh, in a bit. But let's uh, let's get to the debt showdown, if you want to call it that. At least it's a countdown right now to uh, those talks this afternoon. Nobody seems to think anything is going to be accomplished. No, uh, it would be shocking. And I'll tell you, David, if one more person comes on our air, and say, well, of course they have to be solved. I mean, I, that's the kiss of death. And I think people should stop doing that. I think they should be saying, will the president, uh, like George Stephanopoulos did, will the president vote the 14th Amendment when it doesn't work? That's a very sophisticated analysis by, by uh, Stephanopoulos. And the answer is, is that he may. And then, it, then the Republicans would go right to the Supreme Court. And the court is a Republican court. But that's what you have to think right. about. Right. Well, Orzag, uh, just a guest, of course, ran OMB, you know, frequent guest on our air, had said that's probably the, the break the glass solution. Now, he didn't use those words. That's the term that everyone's using, to break the glass. What is it, a Jewish wedding? Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, this, i got to tell you, this is one of those moments that we all, I mean, hey, you know what, though? Of course they have to solve it because we'll look like a Mickey Mouse country. Had, in 2011, right. David. Yeah. The S&P downgrades us. Yes. Okay. I remember. We I think we are, were sitting at this desk. Is yeah. that possible? I mean, like no. the same week, I think, that some Latin American country was downgraded to like lower. I mean, like AAA is J&J and J.P. Morgan and the United States. And then the United States loses it. Yeah. I mean, it was a frightening time in the republic. People seem to forget 2011 entirely. And it was, by the way, well, Congress was much, much more in sync with the president back then than now. Uh, Janet Yellen hasn't forgotten 2011. No. Here's what she told um, Sarah yesterday uh, on closing bell overtime uh, about uh, what may happen. The only option that really leaves our economy in good shape is in our financial system is raising the debt ceiling and making clear that Congress stands behind the basic principle that America pays its bills. We're not a deadbeat country. Jim, how do you position a portfolio or, or anything in terms of the next few weeks well, and the heightened risk, however high that risk is, and everybody's saying it can never happen, but the heightened risk well, that, in fact, my we will default. My trust was 20% cash, probably the most we had in part because I had total mistrust of Congress and mistrust of the president. Uh, and this time, I'm, I'm only in around 12, 11% cash, and that's probably too aggressive. Uh, but there was a reason why I put a butt in. It was the most unbelievable buying opportunity. You put 19%, like, in a blink of an eye, once they did solve the situation. So mm -hmm. I don't want to... I'm not trying to minimize what it's like to be... A, 
did be country. I'm surprised Treasury Secretary used that term. But I will say that it is absolutely certain that you're going to get a rat. You're going to get, yes, the mother of all rallies after this is over. Because then you think you're going to in the stock market? Absolutely. I mean, I, we because know the, obviously one month one yes. month bills are trading at yields that will, will oh, clearly not please. be I mean, what are the leaders in this market? In fact, we get to figure what it out. What are the leaders but in this market? Housing, industrials, and aero and travel and leisure. Those are all supposed to be cratering. We don't have the kind of company. Uh, uh, we don't have the. The companies that the top down guys, they're not looking at companies because they wouldn't know the difference between a, a company and, a, and um, I don't know, the Salvation Army. I mean, honestly, they don't, they, which is a great charity. Yes. They simply do not look at what the parts, the actual makeup, the components of the indices are. Okay. I mean, if you ask me who the strongest quarter so far this are, it'd be Lenar, uh, D.R. Horton, Pulte, and, uh, well, Tolden report this cycle. Well, that gets back to a conversation that we also have uh, at this desk, which is housing is incredibly strong. Oh, my God. They raise price, raise price, raise price. Employment. And so it still points to the possibility of another 25 basis points. Absolutely. I mean, I had. had, Despite despite the concerns in the banking industry. uh, Yeah. I mean, no, definitely. I mean, there's just too many parts of the economy that are just very, very strong. And uh, I just don't see any slowdown other than I mean, people keep saying, listen, the problem is commercial real estate. Yes. Like, every bank denies that there's a problem in commercial real estate to me. No one says there's a problem. There's uh, certainly not. Uh, you know, commercial real estate can is office building, but it's also all sorts of other areas. It's all sorts. We say it's and, not uh, all painted with the same. Yeah, and strip malls are doing great, point. and shopping centers are doing great, and, uh, right. and shopping malls are doing uh, great. Warehouse, by the way, data centers, I mean, that's doing great. That's all they are is being put up. That's what's happening right now in this country. You're there's looking, been a, there's a little data lag centers, in data center. You're not, well, you're also looking Wait, for Western them. Digital did that. You Western need them to power the new AI generation. You're going to be filling them up without a doubt, but you need them to be powered by renewable resources, so it's not the easiest Thing to actually no, get done. But you know, you take a look at JP Morgan talking about the debt ceiling, but yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I'm saying, I mean, I've been interviewing, I interviewed Exelon yesterday. So Exelon is Chicago. Tell people what Exelon does. Oh, yeah, Exelon's the largest utility in the country. Okay. And which matters. And I asked them about Baltimore, which is this historically a troubled city in terms of uh, uh, industrial departing. Not a trouble seeing yeah, Johns yeah, yeah. Hopkins, whatever. But I asked about Baltimore, I asked about Philadelphia, and I asked about Chicago. Because that's common, the old ComEd, the old Philly elect. How's commercial real estate? Fine. Fine. And yes, it's true that it drops off like on Fridays and it, it picks up in housing. But I, David, I don't know what to do. I'm beside myself to try to find other than, I mean, even if you look at SL Green, only Vornado, Vornado actually was weaker. First of all, the amount of market cap we're talking about is infinitesimal. Well, no offense to the SL Greens. But who are these the people world. who constantly talk um, about but commercial real space, estate? Office apart. space is an $80 billion refinancing issue this well, year. And then you, look at the, then you look at the bigger issues. Right. You know, you've got He's, 60% at the regional banks. Um, and there it is. Next shoe to drop. You see it over oh, and over again. Oh, the next again. shoe. The next shoe. Canary in a coal mine. Oh, my God. I, you know, my grandfather used to have canaries. You could just stuff them and in as, a nanosecond. And to your point, many of the banks will say we have diversified portfolios. We have a lot of different. We, we're not taking risk in any one part of the asset well, class. You know, until yesterday. Others, and we're not seeing. Until yesterday. We'll be able to everyone handle Everyone told it. me the 
that Brian Jordan, that he had bad real estate at First Horizon. I heard it over and over again. Nashville's bad. The re- he bought Iberia Bank. It's bad Louisiana. It turned out to be the money laundering at TD. Yeah. It wasn't a problem with commercial real estate no, it, at First Horizon. By the way, it wasn't a First Horizon problem at all. And you knew. No, they, but they, I'm they saying said that, that over and over again. It was. Um, speaking of the banks, let's just take a look at the KRE. There's, like, first horizon, there's three pieces out today about how um, the canary in the coal mine. Can we come up with something else? People stopped using those kind of coal mines a long time ago. Um, I just find that I, I find it, David, this hunt, it is very much a snipe hunt. Where's the snipe? It's not the white whale, because the white whale was around there. And it's not the whale that uh, they Diamond killed those people with. in New Jersey. You know, the one that came up all the way from Asbury. I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's say Garden State. Right next to the Bon Jovi rest house. Still have no idea what you're talking uh, about. But just a Garden State thing. We all know it. About a whale. There's a white whale that came up and killed five people. When was this? Oh, my God. 1800. I don't oh, okay. Know. The 1800s. Great. That's very helpful for what we're talking well, about no, here. I'm just Can saying, we get back to the regional uh, banks? No, to, I'm just saying that banks? there is this commercial real estate. I want to find it. I ask every bank. David, I'm pathetic. I ask every bank in every part of the country, and I can't find the darn commercial real estate. It's not an insignificant concern still, Jim. There are are some serious refinancings. There are loans that are priced at much lower value where they're going to come up and they're going to need a lot more equity. That is going to happen. Now there's 40,000. The question is, are the banks sufficiently reserved for it? And is it really going to destabilize the system? And many people would say no. No, I don't know. I don't think it is. But I know it's easy to short these things because we don't know how much the FDIC is going to levy against them. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't know how much is. Well, we we don't know. See, we don't get the numbers. until, you know, it's every three months you get the, whole, the available for sale and the held maturity. So right. we're waiting for those numbers. We don't know what percentage. The, the FDIC has still not offered individual banks insurance for individuals who want something from 250 to All right. What about, we talked about the Fed. We, you, you said, yeah, it's very possible 25 basis points yes. in part because of strength in certain parts of the Wait, economy. Once you get past We did the get the crisis. financial stability report. We also got the Fed's senior loan officer opinion survey. That did show. Banks are tightening their lending standards in the first quarter, and that's not even to say, you know, what things well, look like now. How about the, have you seen the data that says that Powell's the most hated? There is uh, that senior public loan officer comments. opinions. Okay, so do, who was the most hated man in America in 1980? Uh, Paul Volcker. Thank you. And how great and how revered is Volcker now? Well, Powell's going for that. He's good. Whip inflation now, like Jerry Ford. Yes, no, he's going for the like, Volcker I think award. Powell looks at that and says, you know what, I'm going to be like, I, I, I could be like the great Volcker. I just, all I have to do is just stay tough. I'm just saying, David, it's, it's like it's going to work out okay. And all the people who say it's the end of the world are the same people who always say it. Okay. So when you say it's going to work out okay, you mean? I mean that, that you know, debt maybe, ceiling, we go, maybe we go 14. Credit amendment. tightening. Maybe we go for Well, I said it's Fed worth 100. Tightening. I said it's worth 100 basis points, but all I still, of it's going to work out okay. All of it. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to come back tomorrow, do we? I often thought about that. We're good. But if I were at Palantir, I would say you could dispense with us immediately. Have you, did you listen to Patrick Kohler? They're winning the war in Ukraine. They've solved how Hertz does its algorithm. They major, a major health company has used them. And then the best one of all. That guy, Alex Carp, can do oh it all, God. man. The best one of all. Do it he all. says that BP hired him and lowered the cost of right. a well uh, from 14 to 6. We're, 
And 60% decline in how we're, much it costs to drill. We're going to talk more about Palantir, and we're going to talk a lot more about AI more broadly. Harp did not, he did not curse once, which drew my attention to him. And uh, there's a look at what, why Samsung? we're going hey, to talk PayPal. about it, of course, after those quarterly results. We'll let Jim continue to talk oh, during Jacob's the break. Engineering, David. But we will take a break. And he said, just, but the best one was when he we'll, won we'll the just, war against the Russians. But they we'll just cut his mic. Actually, will. just lower it down. Just it's slowly it's have him talking into the distance. Let's give you another look at futures. Yeah, there it is. See? Sada Voce now, yeah. All right, we're back right after this. Stay with us. Palantir shares, you see it, we showed it to you a moment ago. They're going to open up sharply this after the company posted a second consecutive quarterly profit. Revenue did exceed what most analysts had been forecasting. CEO Alex Karp says he sees the company remaining profitable each quarter through the end of this year and that demand for its new AI platform is without precedent. He elaborated on both of those points on last night's earnings call. Within the context of remaining profitable, our idea, the, our strategy on, on AI is to just take the whole market. We have no pricing strategy. Our strategy is going to be to take territory, educate the market, and make it very difficult for other people entering the market because they'll have to compete with a product that's what we've already been working on for de facto years with uh, solving technical issues that the market doesn't yet realize exist. AI as a service, Jim, is sort of what they're now talking about. Yes. And, you know, I yes. know a couple of shareholders who encourage them to say, listen, you got your large, we have a large language model. You can, we can work with all your large language models. So we can attach ourselves to your large language right. model and do whatever you need to do with it. Right. Uh, right. And that's a very positive thing, potentially, for the future of the company. Although Morgan Stanley this morning says they're building a tower of AI promise, but the foundation still feels shaky. Wow. That's Morgan Stanley's piece Well, there was uh, a question this morning. Oh, on the call. They don't about, like the stock. They have an equal your weight. Your business is decelerating. How can you say this? Now, I will say I've been very critical of Alex Carp, not just because I thought it was totally unnecessary for him to curse on a conference call, but they've been losing money hand over fist. And they made money. 17 million. Mm-hmm. They actually forecast uh, gap positive. And what they did was pivot. They did the pivot that we've all been hoping for. Yep. And it was a clear pivot. And I think the stock should be up. Gap EPS, one cent gap, a share. Gap EPS. That's it. One cent. They well, made it. The fact is, is that they pivoted. They, they didn't seem to have any regard whatsoever for whether they made money or not. They were about dominating. Remember, they were, World di- they were a direct listing. It went straight up, as you see, and then but it's never they, been able to come anywhere near its early but they highs. Did, they, I want to find more about, the, about Ukraine and what they're doing for Ukraine, but they're basically saying that they can control the battlefield. Well, look out, Russia. But like many companies, of course, they're pivoting, so to speak, or focusing the market and investors on, their, on their, the possibilities that AI presents for them. And I would pivot now to go to a Bernstein piece this morning on Microsoft. Oh, my God, the the, the A long piece on Microsoft. They call it the Microsoft AI Series Part 1. Yeah. AI could change the future of the company and the industry. Again, this is Bernstein writing about yeah. Microsoft. Here's some a piece from it. the history it. of the world Part 1. While yes, it's but. early to size the economic impact on Microsoft's business, the green shoots are becoming visible. Microsoft launches a family of capabilities called Copilot. Copilot name, we believe, implies these AI-enabled offerings will be more than a valuable assistant. They will be critical to operations going forward. They go on to say, uh, AI at Microsoft is far more than Bing Chat. It's becoming core technology everywhere and in everything Microsoft does. In fact, we estimate that uh, AI offerings could currently touch over 42% of Microsoft revenue. 
could double the Microsoft cloud revenue. Did you see that? And again, Copilot is going to change revenue. Microsoft and likely the software cloud industry. Right, this, this was worth 25 points, if you believe it. And also they had Bing, Bing Chat. I have to tell you, I've been most impressed by what Google is doing with AI. Wait, and what? You've been Google. most impressed? Nobody's impressed with what they're doing with it. I know. Bard was thought to be a kind of a not great product okay. launch. I got people calling for, for uh, Sundar's head. Brad Gerstner on our air last week saying that he should be fired. I'm taking How a, do they possibly miss this? They were the leader. They I'm bought DeepMind in 2012 I'm or 11. I'm taking a contrary view. And here's my view. Microsoft seems to be teaming up um, with HP and with AMD, which is that's why AMD is up 13 straight points. I like that. But Google is working. If you want to do a deal with NVIDIA, Google's doing some of these deals. And I think we should not what does count that them mean? out. Tell, explain what that okay, means. Okay, so let's say you want to hire NVIDIA because you think that you want to get, you want to, um, get more productivity, meaning that you need to chop some heads, okay? Well, you don't just call NVIDIA, although you can call Jensen, but he's working very hard on this deep dive uh, Taiwan speech at the end of the month. But you call them and they say, you know what you ought to do? Maybe, maybe work with uh, Google. Google may have a solution. So I'm saying don't write off Google as a entity. Right now, everyone has. And I'm well, not saying this because I like Luke Porat. She thinks I've left a, her behind. They have lost a long-held lead now, when Microsoft's it comes to got AI. The lead. Microsoft's got the lead, and this piece of, was amazing. And it's one of the reasons why the stock, I'm not kidding, the stock could be at 50. If, if you believe this piece, then it's worth $50. Because, David, if they doubled Azure... I know. That would be it's incredible. A, it's a significant piece. We should remind people Google. sometimes. I throw Google a Bernstein bone. Bernstein is, is pure research. They don't Google do, was a bone They throw. don't do banking. Um, all right, coming up, Jim's going to give you a I mad just, dash. I'm trying to be a little contrary. We got a mad dash, and we're calling an audible. We came in thinking Western Dig, which reported fiscal third quarter numbers, but we yeah. just looked at that board and saw Skywork. Yes, we did call, well, because we looked at the defense, and we realized that it was – that they had a guy on the left side, and it was, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Micah, the Mike? Micah Parsons. Mike, Mike, Mike. Micah Parsons was coming in. So here's the deal, David. Skyward Solutions makes modems, and they're the best modem maker in the world. And they make them for Apple, which you're not allowed to ever say on a call. And they make them for Samsung, Android. The fact is, this is the first time I've seen this. Android, I could argue, is falling apart. Now that's in China. This is all Android slowness of orders. Skyworks is run by Liam Griffin. He's a fantastic executive. They said this is, and this is the beginning of a bifurcation that you and I must talk about. For the first time, China, we're seeing the rich buying stuff and the poor not buying. Now, I don't think people realize that China has a bifurcation where uh, LVMH is a dominant brand, which is incredible. This is what Mao was most against. He was most against the two classes. Well, there's a class that buys LVMH and Apple, and then there's a class that buys Android. And the class that buy Android is either out of money or they just say, listen, I'm going to save some money up and buy Apple. Interesting. So that's all Android that you're looking at. Um, well, the consumer numbers in China may be reflective of that to yes. some extent. Yes, and I think that people have to start recognizing that there's become two classes. Now, how the heck that happened when there was supposed to be a country devoted to uh, one, you know, no big homes, you're on a home. You know, no showy. Well, you do have a middle class made up of hundreds of millions of people, and that's right, been but, created over the last 20 but years. But that's what I'm worried about, is the middle class seems to be somewhat stultified versus the upper class. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
the QLX. All right, and so we're seeing it reflected in Skyworks. Right, so I know that's a little bit, kind of a little bit much like uh, Ross Terrell, who's one of my professors, uh, but it is uh, without a doubt a reflection of the fact that Android is doing quite poorly. Okay, we'll keep an eye on Skyworks. We also will get to uh, Western Dig and a number of other earnings reports this morning. Stay with us. Uh, we got a lot more coming for you. And by the way, don't forget as well that if you want to catch us differently, different time, you know, you can catch us anytime, anywhere by listening to and following the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Take a look at shares of Boeing. They are moving a bit higher in the pre-market. Ireland's Ryanair announcing it's ordered new 737 MAX 10 aircraft in a deal valued at more than $40 billion. The discount carrier says the deal comprises 150 firm orders and 150 options for delivery between 2027 and 2033. We're going to have an exclusive with Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun, Ryanair CEO Michael O'Leary. That's going to be in the next hour. Well, I hope they patch it up. They were, uh, well, not Dave, no, Calhoun is a gent, but Ryanair, they were very angry. Now, just so we know. What were they angry about? Boeing's problems. Oh. But uh, it, it, those were all covered by Phil LeBeau, the whole thing. Phil actually told you this was going to happen. So I, those were very excited in buying Boeing. Understand you're buying something that is well-known that was going you to know, happen. I wish we had a Ryanair in this country. I mean, you can get anywhere in Europe for 50 bucks sometimes, $60. It's Are there incredible. Seats? Do they have seats? I don't know if they have seats, but who cares? It's a short flight. Just sit and hang on. Oh, like stand. a subway? Like a yeah, subway. Like a subway. Yeah, what the heck? Well, how about we get an opening bell first so people can hear you? Because there's going to be the applause and then nobody's going to be able to actually hear us. Someone's kind of muted today a little bit. Here's the opening bell. Take a look back at the real time exchange. Here's the big board. It's Brazilian based Mizano. That's the world's largest producer of hardwood hardwood pulp. Hard pulp. Really? Yeah. Over the NASDAQ 1 800 Flowers. That's a celebration of Mother's Day. Don't forget. Oh, that's nice. It's this Sunday. All right, why don't you get to Western Digital now? Okay, so Western Digital has this flash business. This is going to hurt a lot of the semis, along with Skywars, um, where margin was negative 5, down 19.5%. There's problems with the debt covenant. Operating loss in the quarter was $304 million. Driven by underutilization charges and inventory write-down. Cash flow was an outflow of $527 million. Otherwise, fantastic quarter. <laughs> wow, you, you scored. It went in. Did it go in? Yeah, it went in the. That's a bad Well, it should amazing. go in because I, while I like Western Digital in 1.0 and 4.9 of the company, was hedge fund manager, this was one of the worst quarters I've seen. Uh, stock's not down that much. Well, because people were kind of expecting it. I guess so. Right. Any and read, it's a good any company, it's flash. Or, as I like to oh, ask you, or is this you a very specific through? to Western Digital? I'll give you a read through to yep. everything that's technology, anything that's sold at, at Best Buy. Anything that's sold at Best Buy, except for like Take Two, which I think is, which I think is going to have an upside surprise. Really? Yeah, I do. I think Take Two. This is Take Two's quarter. Um, you think it's Take Two's quarter? Why? Well, because uh, the last quarter uh, was a quarter where um, you saw a miss that was un- very uncharacteristic, and Strauss Zelnick came on Mad Money and said, "That's it." Basically, like, look, I missed, and it was terrible, and I know. And they have a series of things coming on, a series of games that would be very exciting. Uh, we haven't even talked about Activision and what's going on there. 
Well, I mean, on Activision, there's not much more to, to say at this point but uh, about, in terms but of did, Microsoft's continued attempts to try to close that transaction despite didn't what... Didn't you find that Bobby Kotick's very significant roadblocks. Say again? Didn't you find Bobby Kotick's comments at the, at the Buffett-a-thon really exciting? At $15 billion in cash. They're yes. not worried at all. Yes. Um, but he did attack the... Now, Lena Khan is on Squawk. Lena Khan, who runs the FTC in this country, but of course we are talking about the CMA. But, but, not but he the was FTC saying that they were has, irrational. Has also moved to, to block the deal. It, listen, as I've said, th- this deal is on dead. Uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah, rigor, it, rigor it's, and mortis. It is. And Bobby is uh, contractually obligated to support the transaction until right. the very end, until such time as Microsoft chooses to no, no longer pursue it. They've got a merger agreement that extends until the middle of July. Um, well, you know, maybe that'll change in some way. Microsoft certainly got the best lawyers you could possibly imagine. Well, I just um, think it's worth keeping an eye on because I think that the company's CMA an undervalued company. Uh, Activision. Uh, yeah, I think it's an undervalued yeah. company. Let's go into two companies that the market absolutely hates today, Under Armour and PayPal. Okay. Well, which do you want to start with? Uh, well, Under Armour, once again, uh, the gross margins declined 310 basis points. I mean, that is just a hideous, compare that to Nike. You know, Nike is a genius company. Under Armour, I, I like Kevin Plank very much, uh, but this is, again, a, a very, very big disappointment. And I'm beginning to wonder, like, what do they have? Yeah. What do they have at Under Armour that is special? Would you wear Under Armour can, if your can, school can doesn't... We, can we go back a, a bit longer? I mean, there was a period of time when this was the darling stock, and I don't think that chart reflects it. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was. It was in 40 back in, uh, yeah, prior to the pandemic, and then even coming out, and not coming out, but after. But, you know, and Kevin Plank, uh, he seated management, okay. He went through a CEO, um, and now he's got a new CEO, uh, Stephanie Linarts, and this is the product of Stephanie Linarts. This is her quarter, and this is a quarter that lacks coherence. Now let's go to PayPal. Okay, let's PayPal. go to PayPal. This is uh, Dan Schulman. They're actively looking for a well, CEO. Yeah, Dan is supposed to not be at the company that much right, longer. Right, but Dan right? ran the conference call, and what was uh, there was a margin issue, a very small margin issue, I thought, but there was a downgrade by Credit Suisse of all people, a lot of stickering about that, and it was brutal. And people just feel like the, the okay. margins are shrinking at PayPal. And that, I mean, again, it's always helpful to look at the longer term because, we're, I mean, oh, do you remember when that stuff. thing had... What was it? Uh, I world. imagining 150 billion market cap or more. I mean, right? There's it's 1.12 billion shares out. We're talking about a stock, Jim, that was above 240, 250. Yeah. So, oh my God, it was 250 billion. It was. Um, it was the bell of the ball because it was considered to be the way that you bought things on the internet. Yeah. And uh, and then it just kind of like became. Uh, their growth numbers kept going down, 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 and each one was a bit of a surprise. And, and in the end, we had some activists in there along the way. Yes, Elliot, of course, chief yes. amongst them. Uh, but it reminded me very much of the movie White Heat. White Heat. Okay, I missed that one. At the end, Jimmy Cagney's on a kind of one of those scenes that has natural gas, like a bubble. Yeah. And he's being shot at. He's going, "Top of the world, ma." This was a top-of-the-world oh, okay. moss story. Got it. And yes. ever since, I remember once where uh, there was a very difficult situation I had with Dan. I, I like Dan very much, but he, he had to cut his growth rate. And the reason why, there's just so many people gunning for that company. All right, back, to, mean, the, back to present day. How about a firm gunning Back to for present them? day. But what, it's just a shame. It's a really the good The problem guy. in the current quarter is 
the margins went the down margins. by 25 basis points. The okay. margins missed. I mean, it was kind of farcical. I felt it 25 basis points, but the, the long knives are out for him. And I just thought it was a, a severe overreaction. But if you take a look at the downturn of the company, no one wants to get in front of us. You know, it's faster than a speeding bullet, more power than a freight train running over you. Yeah. So I just think that that's one where I read it. I tried to read it without looking at the stock price and said, well, okay. So they missed on one margin line. It won't be that bad. And then you look at the stock price and it becomes kind of a route. It was a route. Um, Jim, you know, you mentioned Exelon earlier. Yes. Uh, I wanted to mention Next Era Energy. Yes. Because, first of all, market cap wise, it's the largest oh, utility by far. It's also the most advanced. $153 billion. There was an interesting story today in the Wall Street Journal saying they're going to spend as much as $20 billion to build out real green hydrogen capability. I'm so They are by hydrogen. far the largest user of renewables. Right. Uh, wind and solar being, of course, the right. key now, ones there. But green hydrogen is not no. that easy to make no, profitable. The- unless you can do something at scale, which nobody really you, has, Well, wait a second. Cummins, which was downgraded today in yeah. a paired trade that I thought was ridiculous. Uh, Cummins is doing electrolyzer machines using Lindy Hydrogen. Okay. Um, Lindy, L-I-N, my travel trust owns it. It's just a fabulous company. It will be the first commercial trucks. They'll be doing trucks mm-hmm. um, that are going to run on hydrogen. Yes, it's far away. And we know that plug power has been a disaster, and that's uh, fuel cells. And then Nicola. <laughs> Remember that Nicola one? Nicola sends me an email every day. Yeah, I know. You know, it's like, hey, Jim, your neighbor just decided to say hi to us. Well, they got a hydrogen truck out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's going down uh, hydrogen, you know, if you listen, like GE is not, like Larry Culp would say, listen, Jim, hold your horses on green. But there's a belief that the Inflation Reduction Act and the provisions in there okay. are going to be and I'm glad quite beneficial to actually... We are sparking the growth of this. Well, right now, hydrogen's around like eight, nine. We are going to be, according to several utility companies I deal with, the lowest cost hydrogen company on Earth. Country. Country on Earth. Lower than South Korea, lower than China because of the IRA. So get on board. Um, well, they've chosen the to, case. and that's a significant allocation no, no, of capital. No, hydrogen can for, be look. Hydrogen is the cleanest zero. energy. It's clean form energy, which again but is a large company at 154 billion dollar market value. They're going to do it. Yeah. The, uh, but I watch. Not I want people to watch Lindy. If you want to really play hydrogen, yep. buy the stock of Lindy because what do they do? They make hydrogen. Right. So don't fool around with all this other stuff. Oh, it's down today. Well, terrific. Well, so what? A lot of stocks are down today. Right. What else are you keeping an eye on? I mean, all the banks are down. Well, uh, we haven't, haven't looked at, at, let me look at the KRE because, you know, obviously we began yesterday with it up and then it sort of, and then it changed course. Right. Um, I, trying to get a, it's not much to, to do about nothing. Here. Not. But it's PacWest again. They come after PacWest, Jim. They do. They do. Consistently. I mean, imagine if you worked at PacWest and you're like, why are the shorts killing us? We just did the most reasonable thing. We got rid of the dip and we're conserving cash, but it doesn't matter. We should call Matt Wagner. We should call him as the CEO. Um, Wheel, when, Wheels, up has a, Wheels Up has a new CEO. Oh, you want to talk 49-cent well, I mean, stocks, huh? I, it, I, I shouldn't talk about it because, of course, it, it, it's below the market cap. But it is a former SPAC, so I can talk about it in that realm. No, it's It fine. was 49 cents, and it's now 50 cents today. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's like... And Kenny Dichter is no longer the CEO of the company. Yeah. He okay, is, so what's uh, important here? Aside. What's important here is that if you watched Becky Quick's interview with, with Warren, Warren Buffett, Buffett, 
was he was talking about net jets. Yes. And at one point, Owns. he said, and then there's Wheels Up. And Wheels Up's at 47 cents. And they have a billion dollars in liabilities, he said. I don't know if that's the case. But in other words, they take people's money. They take some deposits, and yes. And I said to myself, well, that's the end of Kenny Dicker. Because you cannot have Warren Buffett in the middle of his conference call take down Wheels Up. But you yeah. Know, you can't know, see, David, it's only me and you know, Carl's in here, so you, you can't watch your phone. She goes, I'm here. How about IFF? Have you looked at that particular bow wow? Say that again. International Flavors and Fragrances? Oh, yes. IFF has been, was on my list. Thank you. Well, uh, so Do IFF, they ever have a good quarter? In 19, have they reported a good quarter? In 1982 to 1985, I handled their buyback, and it was exceptional. It was very strong. Very exceptional. Yeah, this company is, 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 what's going wrong here? I don't know. Flavors? Fragrances? I thought Ed Breen, I thought that was, you know, Ed, come on, Ed, nobody's Ed better. Is chairman. Ed Resign is chairman, back in February. Uh, so, because they sold him the nutrition business. But they used to be a pristine company. They've made a series of acquisitions, including, by the way, that, remember that Russian company? brought in company a new booked? CEO. He was, you know, supposed to sort of help write the ship. Well, he ain't writing the ship. But this is, once again, uh, this is the problem for people at home. This is the IFF, the first line. Yeah. We delivered first quarter 2023 results in line or ahead of our expectations. <laughs> Which is it? We won or maybe we tied. I mean, this is the only, this is, this is Roman. This is Roman, okay? From succession, sort of right. Yeah, Roman Roy, says in line, maybe nothing. good, maybe bad, know. says absolutely nothing. Um, Thanks, Apollo Thanks, also reported, and actually they used an interesting word as well. Um, solid. Solid as Solid, yes. They went like with solid. Ashford and Simpson? Solid first quarter results. And also, uh, what else was solid? There were a few things that were very solid at Apollo. That's never, uh, solids, you don't want to use that one either. No, you don't want to use solid. Solid replaces like, solid. you know, if you, if obviously you can use record, use record. Solid. solid. So there it was, it was solid. Well, I'm glad um, it was solid. By the way, not solid. I mean, listen, they, what they manage in assets is pretty remarkable at this point. Of course, they expect right. to get over a trillion. Uh, they're at 598 billion in total assets under management. Fee generating, 445 billion perpetual capital 341 billion we talked no, to mark rowan about the business okay so david uh, and the remember yesterday you fees could, being so important but remember yesterday you was chided solid. me yes what? about DraftKings making market and some things and jason robbins the ceo said they're trying the government won't let them so i offered to jason a challenge which is make book on race to zero lucid versus fisker so, right, we're talking now about, well, I'm not even sure what we're talking about. You mentioned DraftKings, well, but there's Lucid. No, I'm saying that, that Jason Robbins, who runs DraftKings, is trying to get permission from the government to make book on a lot of things beyond, like make book on the 14th Amendment, make book on, on whether we will breach the debt soon. Right. And so it'd be a nice way to hedge. Right. Well, I'm saying if yeah. he's going to make book, I want to know Lucid versus Fisker, which gets to zero first. Mm-hmm. Now, both of the people who run these, Peter Rawlinson, uh, and Heinrich Fisker are First very all, proud people. Lucid has a $13 billion market value still to right. work through, Fisker, even from here. So Fisker made a car, and it was sold in Denmark. And uh, and by the way, Rawlinson told me that they'd be making thousands and thousands of cars. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're making, they're hoping to make 10,000. Fisker. I don't have the release in front of me, the Lucid release. Well, I'm so. just saying that that's just an interesting know. situation to, I would, to follow. I would actually offer more information on Lucid well, because it was a company a that cars. I followed closely. They're not they making have taken a lot of in cars. their expectations in terms of production a number of times. That is true. 
and it I'm did just, come public through a SPAC. Remember, if you recall, it was CCIV. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hurt a lot of people. It's below 10, it, it hurt but people. it is still a significant market value, and it's obviously going after the very high end in EV. You and I have both driven in the car. Yeah. So we have that. Oh, absolutely. Hey, how about some positive news? Sure. MSCI recommended by Wells Fargo. That's uh, Henry Fernandez. Yes. That would be my pick of the day of stocks that if you wanted to buy from this treasure trove of research that I follow. Mm-hmm. That, that stuck out to me as a very, very good company. That's the company that owns indices. I know it what does. A biz- that is, David, that is just a money machine. Money machine. So I like that. All right. And okay. I liked um, Treehouse, but nobody seems to care about that one. No, they don't. Treehouse is a private label, so if you felt that people, the consumer was trading down, you'd be buying that. But I keep telling you that the consumer in this country is spending like a spender daunt his or her darn full head off. I happen to have Brunswick on tonight. I, um, okay. I, keep, now, keep, I keep an eye on Dish shares just because I, I just find it fascinating. It's below seven now, down another four and a half percent as I, you know, on the call yesterday. I mean, I think Charlie Ergen making it clear, hey, it's not going to be that easy. No. Figure out our $21 billion in debt. No, it's not going to be that easy. You're right. Now, David, I think it's very interesting. Uh, Pivotal Research took their, they were 33, they're going down to 20. Cal and TD Cal, excuse me, 38 going to 32. And JP Morgan, 18 to 16. Where, where's the stock? I didn't uh, get the to stock it. The stock is $6.94. These price targets may be suboptimal versus where the stock is. They are quite high. It's been, it's been a rapid decline. Perhaps they haven't caught up with it. Maybe they hadn't watched. Well, maybe this is, you know, wait till next year. God, do you know, David, other than MSCI, we have not said a single good word about any anything today. No, we're we're uh, what can I tell you? I don't know. There's nothing that great out there. Well, but we have to have something positive. All right. We'll come back. You know what? I got something for you. Microsoft should be up two or three bucks. Okay, off yes, that report. on that Bernstein report. Yeah, off that and, report. And, I, and I got, I got instead of Google, which I got I somebody who'll always I lift. I move Google up too. Will always lift your mood. Always. What? Bob Pisani. Oh, okay, <laughs> sounds good for me. Hey, it's spring, folks, and Mother's Day is coming up. Take your mother out. I am, and it's uh, the weather's going to be fantastic this weekend, at least in the Northeast. There's a little bit of good news. I wish I had good news on the stock market, but this debt ceiling negotiation just hangs over the market like a shroud. Everybody's passing around this charts of 2011. Remember that? August 2011, when we got right up against default uh, and they finally raised the debt ceiling like two days before Treasury said it was it. I, I think the S&P dropped 15% in August, the middle of August of last year. So everybody's passing these charts around and it's hard to get any energy going when you have this overhang here. We opened all 11 sectors were down. Energy just went positive uh, on the day. But we've been commenting about the character of the market recently, how defensive uh, it has become, uh, how there's no bid in any cyclical names. Uh, So look at materials down again today. They've just been acting awful. Uh, Mosaic, that's a big global, that's a new low, 52-week low, $36, a 52-week low. CF Industries, a 52-week low. Other big names, Sealed Air, Eastman, these are like big global names uh, in the material sector. 
uh, have no bid at all in them for the last several weeks. And this has been a problem for the overall market. Just take a look at where we are for the quarter, and I'll show you how defensive the market has been. It's been held up by consumer staples and healthcare. Technology is flat, but big cap tech has really been the mover on the stock market, holding things up. But there's no bid in banks. There's no bid uh, in any of the cyclicals. There's no bid in energy. There's no bid in industrials. Doesn't have any bid. Uh, materials doesn't have much of a bid at all. So very bifurcated market here. So we're in this trading range, and the trading range is mostly due to the fact that these big cap tech stocks, I put this up yesterday, but everybody should just understand how big these companies have become once again. The Microsofts, the Apple, Alphabet's up 4%, Amazon's up 2.5%. Gee, you'd think the stock market would be great this quarter, but actually it's you know kind of flattish. Meta, NVIDIA, look at these names, all push up. These are the biggest names out there. The average stock is actually down on the quarter, not up. But these stocks keep dragging them up. So there's a lot of hand-wringing. These big names I just put up here, they have too much influence. And kind of they're at the high end of where they historically have been. So here's how the big 10 names have looked as a percentage of market cap. Right now it's almost 30%. Is that a little, a lot? Nah, it's typically 20 to 25%. So, yeah, this is the highest it's been in 40 years. And my, my thanks to my old friend Ben Carlson at A Wealth of Common Sense who pointed this out over the weekend. Very good point here about this at the high end. So is it a panic terror? Territory, too much influence. Some people say so. Uh, it's starting to move in that direction, though. Hey, here's something, guys, that'll interest you. You want to talk about Apple's market cap? This is a great stat. $2.6 trillion for Apple's market cap. This is the same as the market cap of the entire UK market. There are 595 companies in the UK stock market worth $2.6 trillion. Apple's as big as the UK, the entire UK. Apple's bigger than the entire market capitalization of France. It's bigger than the entire market capitalization of Germany. I can go on these silly stats. Again, this has been uh, pointing this out. Amazing statistic here about how influential these companies have now become. We'll talk more about that in the next hour. David, back to you. Bob, Germany has a $1.3 trillion. That's it? That's Germany, it. yeah, it's, one of the largest are, economies in the world. It's two two percent of the global market capitalization. It's it's shocking how small these companies, these countries have become. It's incredible stuff. So the them. important yeah, thing is two point six trillion dollars equal to the market no, capitalization I, I, of the UK. I, it's incredible. I'm just well, that German number Germany surprised had? me because that's half the. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Two point six trillion for, for for Apple. That's the key number. That is here. the key and number. Two point six right, is go. the UK market cap. I'm going to look that up. Bob, thank okay. you. Papasani. Before we head to break, let's give you a quick look at the bond market. Our treasuries are faring, of course. We started the show uh, talking about the debt ceiling, the meetings today uh, between the president uh, and the speaker. You take a look at yields. There's that two-year note uh, up above four, 10-year at 3.505. We'll be right back. There's Alphabet having a good morning so far. In fact, better than that of Microsoft. We talked about that Bernstein piece that was quite bullish on Microsoft's prospects in AI and how it's going to be a part of so many of the businesses uh, or products that they offer, I should say. But Jim came to Alphabet's defense. He's saying that if you want to do business with NVIDIA, they might send you to Google. We got a break and then uh, we'll get right back. All right, what do we got on right, Mad got tonight? and Exponential Fitness, but David, I want to leave people with something very positive. It's called Trex. Trex is what you make your deck out of. Trex had a blowout quarter. That signifies to me that Home Depot and Lowe's could be doing incredibly well on refurbishment of homes. Trex blowout quarter, look at that one run, goes much higher. And the analog is AZEC. Buy AZEC if you want to know what to make money off of Trex. All right, coming up, we got Boeing receiving a major 737 MAX order from Ryanair. 
We'll have an exclusive with the CEOs of both companies. Keep it here. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.